Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today's show, we're talking about should I bother building wealth if the Greens' new wealth tax comes in? So last week at the time of recording, we had a new policy being released by the Green Party, which is all about how they are planning to tax wealth. And we had a list of the show email in with their figures and how this policy would impact them. And I want to share that with you later on in the show. But it's really important to note that while we are talking about the Green Party's wealth tax today, I do want to say we aren't affiliated with any party or any political party here at OPAS or the Property Academy podcast, but we are affiliated with you guys. We are affiliated with property investors. So we like policies that benefit property investors, that support a healthy property investment industry, and we don't like policies that harm property investors and therefore harm tenants as well. So because property investment's a political football, we have to talk about political policies on the show. So let's talk about what that new policy is. Well, it is a wealth tax. They want people to pay 2.5% per year on their assets above a certain threshold. And we'll tell you effectively what that means in a second. So but you're talking about the things that I own rather than the money I make, right? So if you, say, have a million-dollar family home and you don't have a mortgage on that, and you use the golden goose strategy, and you have two $1 million properties, again, with no mortgages on them. So you've got $3 million worth of properties. You've got no mortgage. Well, they, under this policy, would tax you $25,000 a year. And where am I meant to get that money from? Well, from the rental income. But of course, you've <laughs> got to think about the income tax you also have to pay. We're going to come to that. But here are the thresholds. They want you to pay 2.5% tax on your assets above $2 million if you are on your own, if you're an individual, or $4 million if you're a couple. But here's the kicker that's really going to impact property investors and impacts Cameron, the listener of the show we're going to tell you about in a second. So they want to tax 1.5% of all of the assets within a trust. And we are talking about net assets here. So the value of the property minus any mortgages. But I want to give you another example. If you've got your own home and it's in a family trust, and let's say you live in Auckland, so that property's worth $1.5 million. Maybe you've got a half a million dollar mortgage. Well, you've got $1 million of net assets. Now, just to have your house, just to own your house, yep, you've got to pay your rates, which might be five grand a year or six grand a year. But on top of that, you've also now got to pay $15,000 in wealth tax per year for the privilege of owning your house if this policy comes in. Now, why did they put it so that there was no threshold for a trust? Because it's not a person? Because grubby investors like you, Andrew Nichol, <laughs> would have 20 trusts, <laughs> one for each property. So what they're calling it is it's an anti-avoidance measure. Uh -huh. And so they're saying, well, if you could put all of your 39 properties or 40 in, that you own in, in 40 different trusts, well, then you might be able to come under the threshold despite the fact that you've got a lot of wealth. So that's the reason that they've done it. But I do want to balance this out and talk a little bit about what they want to do with the extra revenue. But just before we do that, give us an example of what this looks like for an investor because Cam, a listener of the show, did message in with his specific numbers talking about how this policy would impact him. Yeah, so this was quite an eye-opener. So I skim-read the articles that came out on the proposed wealth tax and then when Ed sent me through my podcast sheet for this and I saw the graphs, I was blown away. So Cam, who's a listener of the show, he's a single dad and he's raised four kids on his own. Good so on th him. This guy has hustled, right? 
He's got a $1.3 million house with no mortgage. Good on him for paying that off. Yep. He's got $4.9 million worth of investment properties. He's got 670 k of property loans. And look, we're just going to make an assumption because we don't have the income. We've just said rental income of $125,000 a year. That's just a guess. So what Cam said is that after tax, he makes about $91,000 from those properties right now. So if I guesstimate his tax, he probably pays about thirty four grand of tax at the moment. So those properties are making about one hundred twenty five grand a year at the moment. So he is able to take $91,000 out per year from his $5 million worth of investment properties. Now, Andrew, walk us through what happens if the wealth tax comes in as suggested. So because he owns the properties in his own name, he will now have to pay $88,250 a year in wealth tax. And the reason for that is he's getting $91,000 from his properties. That's after income tax. Now he's going to pay eighty-eight grand in wealth tax. That means that he owns $5 million of property. He's getting the rental income. And the amount he takes home is about $55 per week. He gets $2,750. And what I want to show you, Andrew, and I realize not everybody can see this at home, but just the proportion of tax that he pays. So right now he's paying about 27% of his income to the government. Now that probably sounds fair enough, right? You know, just under 30% of his income is going to government. Now under the proposed wealth tax, 98% (laughs) of of his rental income is now going towards the government. And so somebody like Cam is now thinking, well, why would I hold these properties? Why would I continue to invest my money in houses if I get $3,000 a year, under $3,000 a year, and I only get to keep 2% of my rental income? And under this, I would have to pay the IRD 98% of my rental income. Now, it's going to be different for each property investor, but this is just somebody who's taken their own initiative to email us, send us their situation. And it is just amazing the impact that it has. But here's what I'm really concerned about, is that if somebody like Cam is going to only keep 2% of the rental income by the time this tax is implemented, and of course, if you were more highly leveraged, he might be actually making a loss because of this wealth tax now, if it was to come in. What incentive is there for landlords to provide housing for tenants? What incentive is there to get ahead and try and provide for your own retirement if the ability to actually get a return from all of this investment, from all of this risk, from buying five properties and putting your own house on the line if you're borrowing against that to purchase investment properties, what incentive is there to get ahead? And I think that's really what's what surprised me about specifically CAB's numbers. Just the idea of going from paying under 30% tax to paying 98% tax in his specific scenario. Yeah, it's outrageous. For a guy that's actually worked his butt off to provide for his family, I think it's really disappointing that something like this gets proposed where he's taken all this time and made the sacrifices so that he can get the benefits later on. That's just been whipped away from him. And I think there's been a bit of jiggery-pokery in the document that's been released from the Green Party. And I want to point it out because I think that having the right information about tax policy is really important. So there was an example of a property investor in the Green Party policy document. You can find this online. And what they said is Chris inherited 300 grand from his grandparents in 1985. That was probably a lot of money back in 1985. 
He bought two houses, and a few years later, after marrying Christina's now wife, they moved in together, and he bought another two properties as investment. So all four of those properties since 1985 have increased in value quite substantially, potentially by over 10 times since the first time he purchased them. So Chris and Christine, 40 years later, they've now got assets of $6.5 million, and they would have to pay wealth tax of about $62,500 a year, and the Green Party policy document says they're able to pay this from their rental returns while continuing to enjoy a comfortable retirement. Now, that sounds great. They own $6.5 million worth of assets, you know, four investment properties with low mortgages, $62,500 a year. That probably sounds quite reasonable in terms of tax, doesn't it, Andrew? Well, they're still going to pay income tax on the rent. Well, that's the thing that's missing from here. So if we assume their investment properties, if we even it out, because they'll also have their own home, are probably about $5.2 million. And let's say they generate a 4% gross yield. That means that this couple would probably be earning just over $200,000 in rental income from those four properties. And you might say, oh, well, they're getting two hundred k. What's 65K? Isn't that quite reasonable that they would have to pay or 62.5K in wealth tax? Well, first of all, you'd have operating costs. So I'd assume that'd be about 50 grand a year. So they're ripping out about 150 grand pre-tax from their properties. And again, you'd say, okay, so this couple's earning 150 grand. Isn't 65 grand or 62.5 grand quite reasonable to pay for owning these properties? Well, of course, first you've got income tax, which would be about 27%. So first of all, they've got to pay 42 grand. And so you'd say, well, that's quite reasonable. Ed, they've still got 110 grand. Isn't paying another 62.5 grand quite reasonable? Well, what ends up happening is this couple are getting about 200K in rental income they've got to pay about 50k in costs. That includes local property rates, which of course are another form of tax. Under the proposed scheme, this couple in the Green Party's policy document would be taxed about 100 grand. So they are taking in 200k worth of rental income from their properties. They are only able to take home about 50 grand per year, and they're paying about a 67% tax rate rather than the current 27% that they are currently. So if you think about their $5 million of assets, they are getting an after-tax return of less than 1%. Ridiculous. And so tell me this, Ed. I saw something in the notes around deferred tax payments, so can you pay that later? I believe that there is a provision in there which means that you could load up those taxes against a property and then effectively when you pass away you would then sell that property and then pay perhaps a million dollars in tax to the government so maybe two million depending on how long you live yeah so if you're an older person living in your house and it was really expensive in Auckland then you could capitalize those payments and I think one other thing that's an unintended consequence is if you think about most people you work with Andrew they're, they're couples right they're mm. trying to invest together grow their wealth live a good uh, yeah. retirement together so for property investors, some of them will come underneath the $4 million threshold and may not have to pay this wealth tax if they own these properties in their own names. But what happens if I die and then all my assets go to my partner, Angela? Why then, her? I've known you for longer. 
And if those assets then pass on to Angela, she could then be captured under the wealth tax because the threshold comes down. She'd get a new partner quicker than you can say made bed. Well, she would. She would have, she'd have to go get somebody, put the assets under their name and not to use a prenup. And then, just to come under the threshold, then Barry walks away and takes half her assets. Now, look, what I do want to say is the policy document is framed around this goal of ending poverty together. And what they're suggesting is they want to increase taxes, bring in money, and effectively provide some sort of universal basic income. So they want to increase payments for people like students, people who are out of work, people who are currently beneficiaries, those kinds of things. And look, ending poverty together is certainly a worthy goal. We all want to live in a country where everybody is able to afford a decent lifestyle. And I think the question is really how you do it. Now, my job is not to sit here and tell you guys that this is necessarily a bad policy. That is not my job to sit here and tell you how to vote. But I think it's really important to have all of the facts available when you're evaluating a policy. And my big concern around the policy document is that it disguises the fact that people who own assets will be taxed twice. First, the income tax, and then a wealth tax on top of that. And the effective tax rate for somebody like Cam, the property investor who listens to the show, emails in, is that their tax rate, in that example, goes from 27% to 98%. And the question that I just have in terms of like, what's my goal? My goal is to promote a healthy property investment industry where both property investors and tenants are looked after. I think that a policy like this could take away the incentive for people to try and get ahead, provide for their retirement, and also invest in properties that are going to grow the rental stock and provide places for people to live for people who aren't able to afford to buy. And there are you know, about 40% of people who are in that situation in Auckland, about 33%, 35% around the rest of the country. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if this has been a bit of an eye-opener for you and you want to share it with a friend, maybe flick it on to them. I think it provides some really interesting real-life scenarios for how political policies can impact property investors. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Seth Knight. I'm Andrew Nichols. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.